Y'all ready for today? Mark chapter 6, go ahead and you guys can get your books open. I'm just giving you some time to prepare. Mark chapter 6, I'm really excited about today. Hey, we've been starting this. Why we're doing this is because we're in the year of demolishing strongholds. We're in the year of demolishing strongholds. And if you think that you can go through this journey by yourself, oh, you're in for a rude awakening. This is hard. This is hard. To put things down, it's hard. But before we even put things down, let's say it like this. I think following Jesus is hard. You sign up for something really, really difficult. This is not sunshine and rainbows. This is difficult. And Jesus knew that it was going to be difficult. He knew that it was going to be hard. John chapter 16 says it like this. Go ahead, put this up here. These things, Jesus is speaking to all these people. I've spoken all of these things to you so that in me you may have, someone say it, peace. Peace, yes, so that you may have peace. In the world you will have trial, tribulation, and trouble. It will come. That is a promise. Yeah, it's a promise. But you can take courage. He's overcome everything. He is greater than anything that you will face. He has the capacity to handle everything like that. So we need him. So you will face trouble. You will have hardships. God will reveal some things to you that need to break. And it's not going to be easy. But he can overcome it. And he can walk with them through it. I love that. We're not alone. You and I are not alone. That's where it gets really tricky. When you're alone, that's when we fall. When you're alone, that's when things, the waves just crush us and crush us and crush us. You and I, we're not alone in these days of hardship and trouble. No, we are not. You and I, we have a helper. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Hey, if you don't get to prayer room, someone say prayer room. Pastor Judd spoke an incredible message about the Holy Spirit. Get to prayer room, y'all. Get to prayer room. We have a helper. We have a helper. We have a helper through all of the journey. Every bit of it. He's there and he's ready to guide us. I love this. John 14 says it like this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Let me say it like this. In the endeavor of demolishing strongholds, in the endeavor of following Jesus to the very end to receive the crown of life, you need to walk with the Holy Spirit, period. Yeah. Is everyone awake this morning? Good, good, good. I hope we catch this today because I need to catch this too. We have the Holy Spirit who is sent to us by Jesus so that we could know what he says, that he could walk with us day in and day out all the way to the very end. Our God, he is known as the wonderful counselor, i.e. therapy sessions. All right, let's, let's, let's put the pride aside. Who's been to therapy? Okay, John's like, yeah, hey, RPO player, yeah, yeah, go John. <laughs> You needed it. Yeah, you did. I love you, John. I needed it too. Everybody needs it. Wait, I love that Ali said that. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. There's a scripture, there's a scripture that says, um, and this is in regards to sin, but let's just take this, this, um, this mentality and, and really understand it. There's a scripture in 1 John that talks about if you claim to be without sin, you are a liar. And if you think that you're so high and mighty that you don't need assistance and you don't need walking with this counselor, boy, you are in trouble. Yeah. 
He's a wonderful counselor. Therapy sessions with him, when you talk with him, when you let him guide you, when you let his word dig deep into your soul, they start to change you and restore you like you couldn't imagine. Isaiah 9, 6 says it like this, and he's speaking about Jesus. I love it. For for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called, someone say it, Wonderful Counselor. Yes, that's who he is. And the ways that he tells you and the instructions that he gives. You know, when you have a, a good therapist, they tell, you to, the, they tell you to try something. Well, try being nice to someone. The instruction that he gives is only wonderful and good. It only leads to our benefit. It only need, leads to holiness. I love that. He's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, and prince of peace. I love that. That's who he is. That's who we're dealing with today. He's a wonderful counselor. And everything that is written in this book to you and me is only good. It's only good. I love that. Everything our wonderful counselor tells us leads only to heavenly results. And so over these, uh, I think we have about four more weeks of this. Over these next four weeks, I want to see those strongholds continue to fall. We just had someone put up another pack of cigarettes today. Let's go. I want to see strongholds continue to fall. Let's put them down. And not for behavior therapy, not so that you just act right. No, no, no. I'm talking about being free indeed. And and listen, listen. These therapy sessions help us to be free indeed. You will find freedom as you forgive. You will find freedom as you express gratitude. And today, I believe that you will find freedom as you submit. Get ready for today. These sessions will bring walls down. 1 John 5 says it like this. Yep. By this we know that we love the children of God. We love God and follow his commandments. That's what we do. His love language is obedience, right? For this is the love of God that we keep his his commandments. I don't like being told what to do. I'm my own boss, right, Lisa? Yeah. I'm my own boss. And here's the thing, though, is that his commands, his leadership, it's not burdensome. It's life-giving. It's life-giving. It's life-giving. It's life-giving. Yes. So today we're talking about submission. Uh, And this one, I don't have a nice, fancy, cushy bottom line for you. Today is going to kind of be more of like a, we got to duke it out a little bit. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You said yes to it. We cannot expect strongholds to fall if we refuse to submit to Christ. That's just kind of a (laughs) if-then statement. You don't do this, then you don't get this. And that sounds super easy, but really when we think about submission to Jesus, it's an overwhelmingly hard thing to do. Wow, Nick, it's really that easy. It is really that easy, but it's really that hard. It's really that hard. So I'm excited to jump into it today. Big question that we're saying every week, every week. Can we actually listen to and do what the counselor says? When you're sitting in this therapy session, don't just check out. I've been to a bunch of them where the counselor starts saying, oh my gosh, let me speak to this. The counselor starts saying truthful things and you check out because you don't want to hear it. So can you actually listen this week, open up your hearts, actually listen to and do and live out what, not Nick Miller, oh, no, 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 that thing. Let's listen to what this book says. Y'all ready for it? Here we go. 
Here we go. Go ahead and put this scripture up here. <laughs> we'll just jump right in. We'll just jump right in. Mm-mm-mm. We'll just jump right in. This is Jesus talking. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. This isn't Jesus talking. I believe this in. Uh, can you click one more? Can you click one more, Josh, so I can see what scripture it's in? I'm sorry. Why am I losing my spot? Mm-mm-mm. James? Yes, it is in James. I'm sorry. This is what he says, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? We're just jumping right in. I told you, it's a day. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Now, what we've been doing week in and week out is we've been going through Greek words to help you understand what gratitude is. Does anyone remember what gratitude was? Tada! Yeah, yada. That was good. <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. And so we're going to be learning what s- submission is. But before I even get to teaching you what submission is, I believe this is James chapter 4, okay? What the, the Greek word that we're going to be jumping into, the opposite or the antonym of submission is not to stand firm or to be stubborn. The opposite of submission uh, is opposition. The, I know it's a really hard word to read on that slide. It's like the opposite, opposite. But the opposite of submission that's going to be used in this particular moment is not just being stubborn or not just not listening. It's actually to be in opposition. You're actually opposing. So imagine imagine you're pushing the wall that Jesus is pushing. You're pushing the opposite way. So submission is really important because it implies that we're on his team pushing the same direction. And if you aren't submissive, what it is implying is that you're pushing the complete opposite way. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? To give that understanding right there how severe it is and how necessary it is for us to submit. Nick, what does that mean? Great, we'll jump into that, I promise you. But before we even get started, I wanna, I wanna set the stage with this, that where there is no submission, there is opposition. Please, please, please take notes today. Please, please, please take notes today. Where there is no submission, there's opposition. It's not just stubbornness, it's not just not listening or ignoring, it's Further than that, it's opposition. Isn't that more severe than you think? So the opposite of this Greek term that we're going to learn is opposition, not just stubbornness, not just not listening. Don't be on the wrong side, church. Here we go. The the scripture continues. Yep, James chapter 4. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? Yeah, I love that. There we go. This is why scripture said God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. We talked about this in uh, men's legacy ministry. We talked about pride. Here's the word. Someone say, submit yourselves. Submit yourselves. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hey, amen. So I've been doing a little bit of studying this week on this exact phrase. Again, we'll jump into submission. um, But before we do, 
I also want to give clarity that I, I believe that before you can, huh, the church gets it backwards. We get fantasized or over-sensualized with the enemy, and we forget to submit to God, and we just go try attacking the enemy. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that that route, whoa, let me caution you, that route actually doesn't close doors, it leaves it wide open. It's actually one of the most dangerous things that you can do. If you're just going to try being a warrior, ba 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 ba, and you're not submitting to God, oh, you are opening up yourself to a world of hurt. So with this whole entire endeavor to demolish strongholds, submission comes before the strongholds fall. You cannot take on that food addiction before you submit. I promise you, I've tried it 94 million times. You have to submit. You have to give it all to him. Not to be in opposition, but to follow his lead. So don't be, and, and again, we are going to be a church. Oh, we are strong. Yeah, the enemy is going to be put underneath our feet for sure. But before you go and fight that battle, you better make sure that you're submitting to Jesus Christ. So this word, submit, go ahead and put this up here. Go ahead. Hippotasso. Someone say hippotasso. Hippotasso. That's a fun hippotasso. I need some spaghetti. <laughs> hippotasso. The thing that's really cool about this term is that it really was used in a military sense, and then there's a metaphorical sense, a, a non-military use. I want to talk about the military use for a second because I think that, um, first of all, I love our country. Amen. Yeah. America's the best in the world. Yeah. But there is something extraordinary about the culture of the military where they listen, where they submit to their authority in such an extraordinary way. And where there is great submission to authority, there's great power. And I think that the culture that has been raised in our military for hundreds and hundreds of years now is why we're this powerful as a country right now, because we practice submission to authority to great men, to great leaders. And so this was a military term. James was talking a military term. Now here's the thing. The military is a lot different today. There was a thing introduced, I believe in Vietnam, called guerrilla warfare. What that means is it's just chaos. Run in, bow, and, and run back out. Back before that, we used to line up across the field and, oh, line up, bow. And that was like, whoa, you guys are crazy. Just a little. But let's put it in their context. Again, they had swords and shields, right? And so what would happen is there would be legions, units, different rankings, different amounts of people assigned to a person that they would line up in specific formations to line up against the enemy. And so the Greek military term of hippotasso means to arrange troops and divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. Under the command of a leader. Under the command of a leader. I could say that nine more times. This gives us insight into the submission that Jesus is requiring of us to line up accordingly under his commands. He is our leader. A Greek military term to arrange troops and divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. A leader. And in that time, if you didn't listen, 
and you didn't get the wall. Who's watching? Wall, get the shoot wall. You're like, yeah, let's go, Ragnar, you know? But as soon as shield wall happens, if you didn't submit and you didn't listen and you left a gap in that wall, our whole army is defeated. The whole thing's gone. If we all don't practice this so perfectly and align our shields right next to each other so that there's no gaps for spears and swords to come in and for our people behind us to do their job as well, then we're going to fail and be destroyed. You have to follow every command I tell you. No, no, no. For the sake of this entire troop, if you do not listen, we will fail. So you better listen to every detail that our leader says. That's what type of submission it is. If he says crouch, if he says stand up, brace, whatever it is, you better listen to this exact word. And in the midst of the chaos, swords and spears hitting bow, 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 bow. You better be so tuned in to your leader that if he says release, that you release. Do you understand how severe this is? This type of submission. It gives us a little bit of clarity of what James is stating here. It's a little bit deeper than just listen every once in a while. Right? Oh, it's a lot deeper than just listen every once in a while. It's a lot deeper than just post something nice on Facebook once a month. It's a lot deeper than just, uh, I don't know, maybe just send an encouraging text message to my mom real quick. It's a lot deeper. It's a lot deeper. That's why we do this forgiveness five. Just so you know, that's a command from Jesus Christ's own mouth. Have you been listening to it and doing it? The military leader told you to do this thing. Not Nick Miller. The word told you to do that. Matthew chapter five, just like Jesus said this morning. Did you do it? Wall. Nah, not today. No. So then in a non-military attitude, uh, uh, use, it was a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating. I love this. Assuming oper- or responsibility and carrying a burden. Hmm. Cooperating. Giving in. That's a hard part, hey? But that's what this journey is going to require. When Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me, that means that you have to give in and listen to the commands. Put the pride aside and really do it. Mm. So I want to tell you a story before we press on. I, um, I, I was just praying about this message, and a memory came to my mind, and it was very unique. I hadn't thought about this for a very long time. I was in ninth grade, yeah, so I was a youngin'. I had curly, long hair. I was uh, a ladies' man, you know what I mean? I'm like, ooh, I was so hot, nice and tan. <laughs> if only we had a picture. Bummer. All right. And so I was in ninth grade, and uh, in junior high, I loved playing football. I had an opportunity to play for, fo- uh, for Gateway uh, Junior High, and uh, I, I was tight end defensive, and I loved it. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. And I had a wonderful coach. His name was Coach Perry. He was strong, but he was also very kind to me. I loved it. I loved, I loved being an athlete on his team. And uh, this one day, I was in ninth grade. It was in the middle of summer, so I hadn't gone to school yet, but I wanted to see how the team was doing because, you know, I feel that's what a responsible leader would do. You check in whenever you leave something. Go Tech. Go Tech. Stud. 
That's what I'm saying, you know. Looking real nice. I loved it because I would put my helmet on and hair out the back, you know what I'm saying. Okay, so, so, so I, I played football, and uh, in the summer, I, I, I went back to just check on a practice, and I, I uh, was on the field, and my coach saw me, and he said, Miller, get over here. And I ran to him. I didn't question anything. When my coach spoke, I ran to him. And uh, they were having their, like, team huddle before practice, and I ran to him. And he said, stop, everyone. Look at Miller right now. So he, it was kind of awkward. Um, he said, that's a great leader. He's not on our team. He has no reason to be here. And when the authority of the team called him over, he ran at the command. And it was a very big moment for me. He's a great leader. He listened to a command and ran. He has no reason to run. He could take his time. It was, a big, it was a big memory in my heart. I don't know why it, it's kind of escaped me over the years, but let's take it a little bit deeper here. What would our walk with Christ look like if we ran upon hearing his commands? If I got so honored by a junior high football coach, Imagine the reward, imagine the honor, imagine the, the results that come from running to the commander's words. Imagine the results that would come when you ran to what Jesus had told you to do. Imagine the reward that would come when his word says to go and give if you ran to give. We have Finishing Strong coming up this week. And it's not about church being awesome and dope. It's about an opportunity to listen to the commands and watch the honor and reward that comes. Imagine what it would look like, how it says to be hospitable towards one another if you ran towards practicing hospitality. Imagine if you ran to humility and, and ran away from pride. Imagine if you ran to his commands. Pray continually. I could never do that. Run to it. What would our walk with Christ look like if we ran upon hearing his commands? A soldier, left, run. Do it. Hipotasso. Hipotasso. So here's our problem, though. And I'm here to tell you today that if you run at his command, it's going to change your life. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you run at his command, it is going to change everything about you. But here's the problem. We love to follow. We will only run when we hear the orders that we like. We will only run when it's the orders that we like. Can I take a break? I don't know why this was spoken in my heart. Most of the orders that we run to are very easy for the world to do. Is Judd the only one who's getting that? <laughs> Most of the orders that we run to, that we run to, are orders that the world easily does. The orders that we refuse are the ones that the world refuses to. So it's hard to run to forgiveness. <laughs> the world doesn't run to forgiveness either. It says to bless your enemy. 
For what, for what good is it? For what credit is it to you to love those who love you? Oh, I don't want to love my enemy. Well, that's good because the world doesn't do that either. <laughs> they love their own kind. We love to only follow the orders that we like, but that is not total submission. That army needs you to be 100% on the day that you wake up. Every day that you wake up, it needs to be 100% on. For if you are not, we are fully compromised. And I want to follow his leadership. And I'm here to tell you again, like we talked about earlier, his commands are not burdensome. They lead to life. They reap a harvest for us. It is fruitful to follow his words. If only you understood that. And I understood that. But for some reason, we forget or we question it. I'm here to tell you today that if you ran to his commands, it results only in heavenly things. I want to follow his leadership knowing it leads to holiness, a set-apart life. Does anyone else want that in this place? 100%, then you got to be submissive. you got to be submissive. So this is Jesus talking. Go ahead, you can put this up here now. Yep, this is Jesus talking in John chapter 12. They're talking with him, dialoguing with him, and he's speaking some truth here. And he says, if anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. Oh, I love that. Just so you know, let's talk a little bit theologically, theologically for a second. Jesus isn't the judge. His father is. So he came to fully pour himself out into love. He doesn't have that responsibility. He doesn't want that responsibility. He knows his father has that responsibility. So I don't judge that person. That's what Jesus says. I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Someone say amen. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He saved you. That's why I'm here to tell you today, if you were to submit to him, life is going to look totally different for you. He saved us. Everything that he's done, giving up his last breath on a cross, it was all geared towards the only intent, the only desire that he had was to give you life. Every word that came out of his mouth was to give you life. Feedback, hello. And so there's a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. Yep, that's true. That's God. Mm-hmm. You, uh, oh, Nick, I don't like hearing that. Take it up with Jesus, not my words. Here we go. The very words I've spoken will condemn them at the last day. What does that mean? Whoa, 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 Nick, that sounds really mean. No, let me give you clarity. Here's, it's this statement. Ignorance is bliss. So when you hear these words, if you choose not to follow, read the word. For I did not, and then here is where, listen, listen, listen. Here is where submission comes in. Jesus never asks you to do something that he himself wouldn't do. Completely and entirely. He was so submissive to his father that even his own words were not his own words. The ways that he spoke were not his own words. The actions that he did were not his own words. In fact, in the garden, before he's about to have nails punched through his body and a crown of thorns put on his head and stabbed in the side and whipped on his back, he goes to God and says, if there's any other way, dog, that would be great. And he says, no, your will be done. He was completely, wholly submissive, entirely. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me, what's that word? Commanded. There's that word. It's like an army. It's like a military. He commanded me to say all of that I have spoken. I know that his commands, what? lead to eternal life. Wow. That's a little nugget when you read the word. It's like you could skip past those four words. Leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. 
complete and total submission. Hipotasso. I put this up here again. I want to highlight this. His commands leads, his command leads to eternal life, church. Again, earlier, like I said, they're not burdensome. I'm telling you that what he says in the word, yes, they're going to be challenging. Yes, it's really going to push you to the end of yourself. Yes, it's going to be really scary to live these things out. But it leads to everything that is life-giving. So what commands have you read? What commands have you heard in the word? that you've ignored. I'm here to tell you today that if you've ignored them, and for whatever reason, scared, busy, that's a huge one. We wear that like a badge of honor. Busy. I don't want to. Thanks for being honest, but... I'm telling you, on the other side of following this command is life. Amen? Amen. And so then here's the question, here's the question, because again, I promise you we'll jump into the Bible. I just need to get some things out so that way we are on the same page here. His commands lead to eternal life. But why does submission have such a negative connotation then? Why is it that you're sitting in your chair and you're like, oh, I don't like this word. Oh, I'm not about this. No, 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 no. Or I've been trying it, but not over this area of my life. Not over this black box right here. No, no, no. Not over this tendency, this habit. No, this will not change. I will be angry forever and ever. That's how God designed me. Why does submission have such a negative connotation? I thought of two reasons. I called Judd this week and I, this really hit my heart. Reason number one is this. The reason that you don't wanna submit is that you've been taught demonic doctrines. You've been taught that submission is evil. You're your own boss. Hate your parents for what they did to you, for the trauma that they've caused you. In fact, that's so demonic, it speaks in complete contradiction to God's word. And it says, honor your father and mother, for it will bless you. It's actually the only, it is the only law in in the Ten Commandments with a promise of a great life on the other side of it. Oh no, but hate my parents for all the trauma that they caused. Trigger, trigger, trigger hate them. You've seen these demonic doctrines poured into you. Feminism started out with the goal of just valuing uh, the woman, giving them a right to vote, and that is powerful, but it has gone to a demonic place where it says death to man and elevation to the woman. That's That's in direct conflict with the word of God. Men are designed to be the spiritual leads of the house. That's a demonic doctrine. Don't submit to the police. They're evil. They make mistakes, yes. Yes. But that authority has been established by God. And in fact, in his word in Romans chapter 13, it says to honor all authorities. Wait. Now listen, 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 listen. We do not obey that which is evil. In other words, if an authority tells you to go sin, you don't do that. But you can still honor them in mind and heart. And so when they're saying, oh, you know, defund the police, get rid of No, 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 no. That's not from sound. That's not from sound doctrine, my friend. That's not from sound doctrine, my friend. Do I have to keep going? demonic doctrines. That's what you've been taught. That's what we see all around us. Because the enemy knows if you practice submission, oh, you are going to be an unstoppable force. 
He knows, he knows if he can get you to try being your own boss every step of your way and you establish your own course and you're real big bad, that's really cool. You'll be lonely and you will be weak. And he also knows, oh, I, I could go on this topic forever and ever. Let me say this final part. Number two, you, so you've been taught demonic doctrines. That's why it's really hard to, to submit. Second one is this, is that you've had disappointing displays of leadership. Let's talk about church hurt. and it ended up getting really ugly why would I ever be a part of a church ever again after this how can I trust another leader do you see what that quote man of God did do you see what that quote small group leader did disappointing displays of leadership my dad when I was two years old he left me how could you leave me at two years old? Why would I honor any man? My dad didn't leave, but perhaps his company, by him being so distant, was worse than him leaving. Disassociated, treating my mom like trash. Maybe you've had severely disappointing displays of leadership. This boss treated me poorly. Now I'm always on the defense. I feel like every boss is out to get me and use me. That's why it has such a negative connotation. It's that honestly you've just been tainted by the world. When in actuality, according to the word of God, submission is the most beautiful thing. And it brings life. Yes, it does. It brings life. And so here's, here's my question for you and I to consider before we jump into Mark chapter 6. Here's my question. Is Jesus truly the authority of your life? If he is, then he's that hipotasso, that word. He is the commander of this moment. And that means if he tells you to go forgive, don't walk sluggishly to it. Run to it. Amen? If he tells you to give generously, run to it. If he tells you to pray for those who are broken, run to it. If he tells you to be hospitable, run to it. Is Jesus truly the authority of your life? Oh, he is? All right, here we go. Good, now we can jump into the Bible. Here we go, here we go. Um, I want to jump into Mark chapter 6. I believe, uh, trust me, we're on the tail end of this. I just had to get all of that out before we jump into this. Mark chapter 6, we witness a town, go ahead, we witness a town that refuses to acknowledge who Christ really is and the authority that he truly has. This story is one of the most disappointing stories. This account is one of the most disappointing accounts. But I'm here to tell you that it gives us a glimpse into what happens when you and I refuse to submit, hipotasso, to give in, to, 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 to um, uh, not correspond. What was the word? Oh, my gosh. I'm losing it. Um, what was the word, Judd? Submit, correspond. Nope. Give in, huh? Hipotasso, I'm lost, just whatever. We witness a town that refuses to acknowledge who Christ is and the authority that he has. Mark chapter 6, verse 1 says it like this. Cooperate, that was the word. Hey, cooperate, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. We did it. <laughs> 
Jesus went out from there and came to his hometown. His disciples had followed him, his hometown. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. So Jesus is going, doing his thing, and people are going to see who he really is. Go ahead. And there were many listeners were astonished. They were astonished at what he was doing. Where did this man learn these things? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? And such miracles as these have been performed by his hands. Where does this come from? The crazy thing is, and I'm so envious of them, they caught a glimpse of his kingly character. They got to see a glimpse of him in action. I love this. In his own hometown, in his own hometown, his true character was on full display. Sometimes you don't get a glimpse of who the leader is. Sometimes you don't really see who it is. No, in front of all these people, they're not being on MSNBC. It's not on CBS, not on CNN, not on Fox. No, no, no. This is them seeing his character firsthand. They're seeing him speak with wisdom. They're seeing him walk with power and integrity. They're seeing the miracles that are flowing from his hands. It is undeniable who he is. It is undeniable that he is king. It's undeniable that he is worthy of the authority that he has. Would you agree? They saw his character. Is this? So then things start to change though. Remember, the opposite of submission is opposition. Not just stubbornness, not just not listening. So they don't submit. In fact, they get caught up in things that don't matter. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are his sisters not here with us? And they took took offense at him. (laughs) Oh, that's just these people. Are you sure? Because I've taken offense at him before. I've said, no way am I going to follow that. I've said that can't be true. I have. I'm the pastor guy. No way. I've been frustrated. And I've even seen his character. And I've been frustrated. Can I tell you something about submission? If you're going to refuse to submit to him, I, I wrote this down. Go ahead. You can put this up here. Please write this note down. If you cannot submit to him as God, you're going to have to convince yourself that he's weak. If you can't submit to him as God, if you can't follow his commands, if you're not willing to give him everything and run at every command, you're going to have to convince yourself that he's weak, fallible, and his ways are wrong. Because the only reason that you wouldn't go and forgive like he says to forgive is if you think it's not actually going to work. So you have to convince yourself that he is weak and his ways are wrong. And we do it all the time. Oh, that can't be true. Oh, no way. I'm not doing that. Too scared to do it. Oh, it's not going to really do what it, it, it intends to do. You might even come into this circumstance. You might even try it and it doesn't go the way that you had planned. And you might say, see, God really is weak. See, it really doesn't work. I'm here to tell you today, if you cannot submit to him as the commander, if you cannot submit to him as God, you're going to have to convince yourself that he is weak. That he's weak. That doesn't go to a good place. 
they took offense at him. Isn't this the carpenter's son? They were convincing themselves that he was weak. Normal guy. Weak, weak, weak. So Jesus said to him, go ahead. He said to him, a prophet is not dishonored except in his hometown among his own relatives. It is hard. It is hard when you've seen someone grow up to put them in a place of honor. There will be one day as core churches going on its 500-year course. I love that. There will be one day where a kid that you actually changed their diaper comes up into leadership of this place. How do you feel about that? It's pretty hard. I saw them screaming over there. You're the one who stole the Reese off the wall. Now he's preaching. So it's really hard. It's really hard to embrace those whom you know. It's really hard to honor them, to even submit to them. It's hard. It's hard in his own household. And he could not do, look at the result here, church. He could not do any miracle there except that he had laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He was amazed at their unbelief and he was going around. He left and went around village to village teaching and preaching. When we refuse to submit to Christ, to put him in his proper place in our life, when we refuse to acknowledge him as number one, you and I see the work of God limited. Why isn't the breakthrough happening? Why aren't things going well? Why is this not working? I'm frustrated. I'm hitting my head against this wall. It's not going anywhere. I'm trying X, Y, and Z. I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you today, it's submission. It's all about submission. Following your commander. The walls will break. The incredible things will happen. But are you willing to acknowledge him as commander? And willing, willing, willing to follow his command, run to it. If you refuse to submit to him, you're gonna see his work limited. And that's really hard because that can happen in various ways. That can happen in deed or in word or in thought. You can refuse to submit to him indeed. Nope, I won't do those things. You can refuse to submit to him word. Nope, I won't say those things. Nope, these things will continue to come out of my mouth. Or in thought, nope, that doctrine, that can't be true. Mm -mm -mm. submit all submit all to him so to wrap up this message I wanted to take a look at a couple people who did submit to Jesus and I want to show you their life and what they gave up so that way we can follow that same model is that cool church what areas of our life do we refuse to submit to him that's the first question I want to ask here before we go into this account I want to ask this question what areas do you and I refuse to submit to him and so this is the calling of the disciples. I love this. I love these accounts. The moments where everyone jumps on board. I guess I could say no pun intended. They jump on a ship. Jump on ship, yeah. They jump on board. They follow him. And they do some extraordinary acts of submission before they even go anywhere. And so now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him, so Jesus was speaking, okay, and everyone was like flooding him. It was getting really, really tight. And uh, he was by the water, so he's like, whoa, okay, let me get a boat. He was standing by the, the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. They were wrapping up for the day. They did their work. It's over. And so he called them, and he got into one of their boats. Simon, I love that. Go ahead. He got into one of their boats. Put this up here. 
and got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little distance from the land. And he sat down and continued to teach people from the boat. So in other words, all right, let's press out and 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 let's let's start preaching here. But what was Simon's plan from the beginning? Man, it's dinner time. I'm gonna go home. I'm hungry. I'm cleaning my nets. This day is over. No, it's not when you're talking with Jesus. And so even in the smallest facet of him giving up his evening, but let's take it to the grand scheme of things, I think that you and I have a problem submitting our plan. Submitting our plan from the little details of what the day looks like to the grand details of what our life is all about. You and I refuse to submit our plan. Can I tell you something? Uh, I, you, when we look at the plan of our life, I, we, we take what I envision to be like a, um, a Polaroid picture. We have the picture-perfect moment in our head. We can all envision that. If I were to ask you, what do you want from life, you have that picture like that. Maybe it might be the family. It might be the house. It might be just everyone being kind to one. I don't know what your picture-perfect end is, but I am here to tell you this, is that your picture-perfect end has limited imagination compared to God's limitless nature. And so you and I, you hold death grips to this picture-perfect plan when really God wants to do incredible things to you. And if you don't let up this stupid little Polaroid picture, you will not see the vast expanse of everything he wants to do in your life. You will hold to this plan unwaveringly when God wants to shake the earth through your hands, but nope, it's not part of the plan. No way, I could never, I could never move. Mm -mm. Nope, I could never go be a missionary. Oh, I could never start this. No, 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 no. And so you hold this picture-perfect plan in your hand, unwaveringly so, and you completely thwart the move of God. And God has an incredible plan for you. In fact, it says this in Ephesians chapter 2. We are his worksmanship. He's the one who built you and designed you and created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. He's prepared those great plans, the great things for you to do. He's prepared, he's prepared them far before you even knew anything so that you would walk into them. In other words, so that you would run like your coach tells you to run. But you got to give up your plan you got to give up that picture-perfect snapshot. I thought my picture-perfect snapshot was going to be very different. I thought I was going to be Justin Bieber 2.0. I gave that up, and I found much more joy. I thought I was going to be youth pastor forever and ever. Amen. I gave that up, and I found something drastically different. A course driven by God that I could have never dreamed for myself to be surrounded by such incredible people like you, to be here. I couldn't have dreamed it. So what's your picture? You might need to give that up. The picture plan for his day was to go home, be with his wife, and have some dinner. You might need to give that up. Today's gonna look different. Today's gonna look different. So then, he was out on the boat. The, the, the account continues, go ahead. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, so everyone, all right, go home, go home, go home. And then he said to Simon, whose boat he was staying on, put out into deep water and let your nets down for a catch. Wait, I just finished cleaning my, my, my stuff. I've been sitting, listening to you say some awesome words, but still sitting. I'm tired. I didn't eat. 
Not only that, I've been disappointed. You know why, Jesus? Because I haven't caught anything all night. I'm hungry, bro. Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. So listen, listen. This is another huge part that I think that you and I uh, refuse to submit. So we talked about submitting our plan, that perfect snapshot. Here's the other thing that I want to encourage you to submit. Submit your process. So plan, process. Wait. You think that your way is right all the time. And I'm here to tell you that sometimes Jesus is going to say, nope, put your net on that side, dude. And it pulls a miraculous catch. You think you're so right? Do you think that you know everything? You think that you know how to lead your family, but yet you hold bitterness towards your spouse? And you think that that's going to work? No, he's going to shatter your process. Let me speak more to spouses. You think that his way, or you think that the right way to lead your home is to domineer it? No, I've heard, in fact, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And so I'm here to tell you that he shatters processes. He shatters ways that you and I have been operating forever and ever. And so, and so I'm, gonna hear, I'm here to tell you today that he's going to ask you to do foreign things that you don't understand. Nick, I've worked hard for my money. He's telling me to give. Yes, I am telling you that the commander is telling you to give. It makes no sense. It makes none. But you got to do it. That's what he's telling you to do. And I'm telling you, when you look at this account, when you listen to what he tells you to do, you get a whole two boatloads. That's not prosperity gospel. That's just the rewards of following him. So you got to submit your process. Maybe you and I don't know everything. That's why I love this. We spoke about this a little bit ago. Uh, I believe it was week one about true worship. But I also want to look at it this way. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Things are going to change inside of you. Things are going to change inside of you. Give up your processes. It looks different now. Submit your ways. You think the way to safety has been lying and manipulating and working your way up the corporate ladder, but you've just felt shaky and unsatisfied and anxious at every level? Then submit your process. The definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God works with a lot of crazy Christians. Can we just put it aside and give up the process? So that you may be able to see what this will of God is. So that you may be able to see and hear what the commander is telling you to do and see the victory. Your processes might need to look a little bit different. Are you serious? i got to go put it out on this side of the boat. Yes, I am serious, Simon. you got to go put it out on this side of the boat. I know it makes no sense, but you got to do it. The account continues. And when, go ahead, and when they had done this, they caught such a great quantity of fish that their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats to the point where they were sinking. Oh, that's the life that happens when you follow his commands. It's not prosperity gospel. It's not about like name it, claim it. That's not what this is about. I'm just here to tell you that life is on the other side of his commands. Just do what he tells you. 
And so when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees. In other words, he caught a glimpse of the character of God and said, whoa, that is the king of kings right there. That's the king. Do you know why he sat down? Because this was a professional fisherman getting trumped by the king of kings. Sometimes when God blows your mind, you have to acknowledge him as king. I'm a pro in this. I know every fishing hole here. I think that's the right terminology. I know where they hide. I know, I've caught a couple catfish. I don't touch them. But I catch them. Every time I go out, God's faithful. Come on, baby. Poked it. But when you see God shatter your mind, you can't, you can't help but bow. Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because the catch of fish which they had taken. And likewise also were James and John, son of, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. They were all blown away. Go ahead. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on you'll be catching people. What was his occupation, church? He was a fisherman. Now he's a fisher of men. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You need to submit your purpose. That's one of the biggest things that you and I, we endeavor. The purpose-driven life. What is my purpose in this world? And I want to find my purpose. Your purpose is Jesus, period. It's Jesus, period. It's not your job. It's not your occupation. It's not the things that you put your hand to. That's not your purpose. My purpose is not this microphone. My purpose is Jesus and building his kingdom. My assignment can change, but my purpose is now God. My purpose is now Jesus and giving him everything I've got. That's it. If you think your purpose is anything else, if you've given your life to Jesus and you think that your purpose is anything else, what's going to happen is the commander's going to say, shield wall, and you're going to go, mm, that's not my purpose today. I'm supposed to be doing this. Your purpose is Jesus. And I know that's one of the hardest things to give up when you do, there's life on the other side. For by him, go ahead, put this up here. Colossians 1, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Look at how much power he has, right? All things were created through him and what? That's a wonderful three-letter word. It's created for him. He's my purpose. Not some little facade of self-fulfillment. No, 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 no. My purpose is entirely Jesus' work in his kingdom. That's it. You'll be an incredible soldier and you'll win many victories if you adopt that purpose. If you submit your own. So then let me show you the result of these guys who took an initial step. When we give him the authority, we get to participate in the heavenly work that Christ has for us. This same Simon who submitted his plan, his process, and his purpose. I'm just going to touch on this real quick. If you've been in church, especially here, you know Acts chapter 3, the story of the man who was lame at the gate called beautiful. This is what is on the other side of submitting your plan, your purpose, and your process. Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. There was a beggar at this gate. He was lame. He was hopeless. Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. This is Simon. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And taking him by the right hand, this dude, he helped him up and he 
instantly, instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. That's on the other side of submission, church. That's on the other side of it. If that's what you want, and it's not about the miracle stuff. No, no, no. Don't get hype in that type of stuff. But if you want the life that is going to be life-giving to the world around you, that's going to be following Jesus to the very end, you're going to have to submit, period. Amen, church. Hipotasso. Someone say hipotasso. Not just a little bit. The whole way. The whole way. Bonus. Someone say bonus. Here we go. Here we go. The way that you honor your earthly authority is indicative of how we offer our, our honor, our heavenly authority. Show me a man who dishonors his earthly authority, and I will show you a man who wrestles with dishonoring his heavenly authority. Nick, is this just a ploy for us to submit to you? No, I, no, no. I do know. I do know that if you call Core Church home, and I can say this boldly and confidently, and I've been working on this, that God has established me as the earthly shepherd of this house. He has entrusted me with a great work, and I take, I take the utmost care and preparation over every bit of that. I take that so seriously, and I take it seriously not even just for you, but for me, for I'm going to be double judged. It's terrifying to take this position. But I will do it because he's called me to do it. And he has established me as the authority of this house. So no, this is not some ploy for you to do what I tell you. Ugh, that's not it at all. That's not what we're building here at Core Church. But I am here to tell you that God has established me in this position. And I am here to walk with you, to help you on this journey. In the same way that your mom and your dad were. In the same way that your boss was. In the same way that people in different and various ways have been established as your authority. And I'm here to tell you that if you practice submission to your earthly authority, I'm here to tell you that it will be easy for you to submit to your heavenly authority. Children, obey your parents. Obey your parents. Obey your parents in the Lord. <laughs> He's the one who established them. That is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives. Whoa, that's a huge call for parents. We are his representatives. You're not just, ugh. No, 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 you're his representatives. For this is right. For obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. Honor, go ahead. Yep. Honor, esteem, value as precious your father and mother, and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with a promise. This is the first commandment with a promise. To live well in the land. Why will you live well in the land? Well, if you can honor dad, you're definitely going to honor God. Does that make sense, church? A life of submission. Last point here. A life of submission to Christ is going to be difficult, uncomfortable, and unfamiliar. So run to it. Coach Perry said, Miller, get over here. Jesus is going to say, friend, let's go. Put down the nets. Someone say, run to it. Run to it. We cannot expect, we cannot expect strongholds to fall if we're unwilling to submit to Christ Jesus. Can I pray for y'all today? Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for your word and how good it is. Thank you, God, that you teach us and you show us the way. That you don't just uh, tell us to do something and give us no insight, but actually you've given us those beautiful pages. You've given us this beautiful book that shows us your commands, shows us your ways so that we may walk in them. And so, Jesus, I just pray, I pray that we would follow every word that you say, that when you call us, when you lead us,
us, when you instruct us, whenever you guide us, when the counselor speaks, when you, the counselor, speaks, I pray that we wouldn't just walk, but we would run to it wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.